Amen. When after all things, Christ was on the cross and he wanted a place to commit his spirit, he found a worthy place in the Father. And he said, Father, unto you I commend my spirit. O Lord, unto thee, by your side, where you are, that's where I want to dwell. Mm. And so our God and our Father, we thank you tonight once again that by your providence we have met as a body corporate and individually bringing our thanksgiving unto you. We say to you, be all the glory and all the honor. Let everything be abased and let your name be glorified. Inspire us individually and corporately. Amen. Let your spirit dwell amongst us this evening. In Jesus and Lord, name. even now, let your power be made manifest. Let it break yokes. Let it break burdens. In let Jesus. it lift burdens from men. Amen. And Lord, heal diseases. Lord, Jesus even make name. a way for us in the world. Destroy the enemy ahead of us. In Jesus' even the name. things that fight us from our background. Jesus. Father, we believe that your power is here tonight. Amen. And as we bring your word, Lord, give us utterance. Jesus. Give us understanding. Amen. Remove the veil from our eyes. In Jesus Unblock name. our ears that we may hear you. In and Jesus increase name. our understanding of the word. Amen. For your word is light indeed. Jesus. We thank you. We bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. We'll bring a word of exhortation to you all and hope that the Lord will find us worthy to speak something through us tonight. Amen. Tonight I'll be speaking on the power of God and how we can make that power manifest through prayer. But it's the power of God. The power of God. Before we start, I'll read from 1 Timothy 6 from 11 to 16. 1 Timothy 6 from 11 to 16. I read the book of 1 Timothy chapter 6 from 11 to 16, reading from the New King James Version. But you, O man of God, flee these things and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, gentleness. Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life, to which you were also called, and have confessed the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. I urge you, in the sight of God who gives life to all things, and before Christ Jesus, who witnessed the good confession before Pontius Pilate, that you keep this commandment without spot, blameless, until our Lord Jesus Christ appearing, which he will manifest in his own time. He who is the blessed and only Pontinate, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, who alone has immortality dwelling in unapproachable light, whom no man has seen or can see, to whom be honor, everlasting power. Amen. Amen. Paul was writing to his um, spiritual son Timothy and here he's talking about confessions and witnessing a good confession but I chose this scripture because uh, from verse 15 downwards it gives some key attributes to the God that we serve and so I'll read from 11 again but you O man of God flee these things and pursue righteousness godliness faith love patience gentleness verse 12 fight the good fight of faith lay hold on eternal life to which you were also called and have also confessed the good confession in the presence of many witnesses i urge you in the sight of god who gives life to all things and before christ jesus who witnessed the good confession himself before pontius pilate that you keep this commandment without spot blameless until the lord jesus christ is appearing which he will manifest in his own time he who is the blessed and only potentate I want somebody to look up the word potentate for us. It's a key word for us tonight. 
the blessed and only potentate, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, who alone has immortality, dwelling in unapproachable light, who no man has seen or can see, to whom be honor and everlasting power. Amen. And everlasting power. Amen. And everlasting power. Amen. So if we are talking about the power of God, the power is only describing our God. So we should first seek to know who is this God. If we are talking about the power of God, if we say the power of the president of Ghana, we would want to know who is the president of Ghana. If we are talking about the power of God, then it is key for us to understand who is this God. Who is this God that we are talking about? Do everybody call him God? Why do we call him God? Who is he? Does he have a body? How is he like? How does he manifest? How do we see him? How do we see God? I would like it to be very interactive. If anybody can, who do you think God is? Or what is God? If anybody can tell us something about God. Of course, we have all gathered in the name of God. So why have we come? Who is this God? Who is this God to you? Who is this God to you? We just go around. It's not a test. It's not an exam. Just, you know, who is this God to you? Who is this God to you? Okay. It says the author of the world, the supreme being, and the creator of the world. Nice. God is all-knowing. Fantastic. The principal object of faith. Hey! Break it down for me, why? The principal object of faith. Hey! But your fabric class one, mommy. <laughs> but thank you. Thank you for your contribution. Anybody? Anybody else? Who is God to you? God is your maker. Fantastic. I like that. God to me is my maker. You're on the same wavelength. Fantastic. God is my maker. God is my maker. Who is God to you? He's the Father of the heavens and the earth. I like that. I like the part of the Father. I like the part of the Father. Fantastic. Good, good, good feedback from the audience. Akabebre. What is God to you? Who is God to you? He's your creator. He's your creator. Yes. And uh, um, he's the author and finisher. He is the author and the finisher. Thank you. Thank you for your feedback. Thank you for the feedback. If we start from Genesis, we'll meet him as creator. If we start from the book of Genesis, you'll meet him as creator. But I like an answer he gave Moses. When Moses encountered him in the burning bush, he was curious. He saw the bush burning, but yet not consumed. And then when Moses approached, he got a commandment to take off the sandals and that the ground upon which he was is holy ground. And then he declared his name. He declared his name. He said, I am that I am. He says, I am that I am. In essence, he's telling him that he will be whatever he wants him to be. That's the God we serve. He is whatever you want him to be. So you can actually work with God and the only dimension you have of God is provider. Because you have need and you want provision. He will be that for you. And you think that is all there is in God. But somebody also needs a defense. Like David is running away from Saul and he needs a shield and a hiding place. And he would declare, my Lord, my God is my shield and my hiding place. So he declared himself to Moses. And in fact, when he declared himself to Moses, one statement he made, which was very profound, even though God calls himself the God of Abraham, of Isaac, and of Jacob, when he declared his name, the I am, he told Moses, by this name, I did not disclose myself to Abraham. By this name, find me the scripture in Exodus. It says, by this name, Abraham did not know me. Because he revealed himself as the El Shaddai to Abraham. And in many generations, God has revealed himself by different dimensions to different people. But in Moses, he found reason to reveal himself as the I am. Because Moses said, when I go to your people, 
who should I tell them sent me? Who should I tell them sent me? Exodus chapter 6, verse 1 to 3. Then the Lord said to Moses, Now you shall see what I will do to Pharaoh, for with a strong hand he will let them go, and with a strong hand he will drive them out of this land. And God spoke to Moses and said to him, I am the Lord. I appear to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob as God Almighty. But by my name, Lord, I was not known to them. Amen. The translation puts this as Lord, but then in other translation you find the I am. And it is the I am that over time became Yahweh. And what we have even derived to get Jehovah from. You know, it's, it's a disclosure of himself. And it's a, it's a very deep name because sometimes it's what separates baby Christians from matured Christians. So now when you hear some men of God declare that I will never be sick, you may feel they are boasting or they are disclosing something superlative. But just that they have come to know this God and they have heard from him and they know that in him is no sickness and he is held to them and they have tapped that dimension of God as their help, the Jehovah Rapha and because of that, they know they can never be sick so there are many dimensions in God and it is that I am that tonight I want us, we've met him many times in our meetings, gatherings, but tonight I want us to soberly reflect on who this God is, even go back to him as creator, go back to him as father he became father when Jesus became a son but before he became father, he was the I am, in fact there's an account of Jesus meeting the uh, religious elite of his time and then he called God his father and they were so angry that is he better than Abraham their father and Jesus declares that before Abraham I am he was tapping into the dimensions of God because he told us that no man has ever seen God except the one who came from God and that is the unique position of Christ that we must study amen so tonight we have come to the I am what do you want him to be for you tonight do you have an expectation do you have a need? Do you have a lack? What would you want God to be for you tonight? Even in this season, beyond this night, what should he be to you? By what means would he demonstrate his awesome power for you to understand that he's the one that rules the world? When you study the life of um, Abraham, Abraham was called out of his father's house from the awe of the Chaldeans. And then he was on a journey with God. But it is believed that the God that is served in their father's house was a God of fertility. And so he knew that by turning his back to that God, productivity, fertility, growth, fruitfulness is something he would lack. And so God was taking him on a journey to show him the manner in which he would break all levels of lack and infertility in his life. And so he starts by material world and he breaks material world. But then it comes to a point where Sarah cannot conceive and he knows it's a consequence of turning away from that God. He can understand that and God wants to demonstrate that supreme power that he has over all powers. By that son Isaac. If you don't catch that dimension, you think that ah, I say Ishmael's here in the back. No. But the promise was to give birth by the wife Sarai. So that she would become the mother of many nations. And it was by that one act that Abraham can then look upon and say that yes, he's more powerful than the God of my father's house. Amen. So, what act do you want God to do for you tonight that will settle the debate that is in your heart? Hello? Are you here? What must he do? I'm giving you five minutes. Think of what must God do for you tonight? That after he has done, you now will surrender that minko bill. Because this back and forth at us. It's like today we come to church, our spirit is motivated, and we feel that God is real. We live here, and small landlord text you know you bore. Hello. We all have issues. But tonight I want you to lift up one issue. You can close your eyes with me tonight because we have not just come to hear the philosophies of men or the words of men we have come 
that by this experience will be transformed and the power of God will be made manifest in our lives that we'll see the power of God directly for us when the angel of the Lord had greeted Gideon and I said to him, O ye man of Vela, he replied and said, Why do you call me by such name? For we have heard many stories of our fathers, of the works that our God did in those days in these lands. How may we know that that God is real? And he proved God by two signs. <laughs> in Jesus' name. And so, Father, hear the hearts that are speaking to you tonight. For by these things, they want to prove you as God. You are the only potentate, the one who wields all power and is all powerful. The prayer of these ones is that if you will do this thing for them, it will cement the place in their hearts. God and you are also their God. Maranda Vadaya Libra Vadosi. We thank you, we bless you. Manifest yourself to us tonight. Even in our sharing of the word, in our music, in our prayer, in our thanksgiving, in our offering. Manifest your power to us tonight. And take all the glory in Jesus' name. And so even in all creation, the angels, even the demons, they know the Lord God is God. They do not dispute it. But the question is, they know God is powerful. But the question is, is your God powerful? Amen. God is powerful. We know. He then give testimony. And he said that what? Jesus we know. Paul we know. But that Paul by whom we are preaching, you to who are you? In a sense, they are asking that that God we know is powerful, but is your God powerful? And there's a distinction between God and my God. There's a big difference between God and my God. Amen? And we'll unpack it. For some of you, you believe that your God can give money. By your God, the don't me from Yeah, we all have an idea of God. There's an idea of God we retain, either by experience, by teaching, by tradition. You have come to form an image of God in your mind. And even Jesus Christ, when he was on the cross, and he said, My God, my God. <laughs> ah, there was an image of God he himself was removing from his mind. He hadn't seen God in judgment. And when he had carried upon the world all the sins. He hadn't ever entered into a moment where the Lord is God didn't hear him. That God turned his face unto him. So that image of God he retained on the cross, it was questioned. The image of God in your head will be questioned. Amen? Every image of God you have in your head will be questioned. Until it conforms to the true image of God himself. Amen? So our walk in faith is a walk of transformation. It's a walk where whatever you have guarded that doesn't align with the truth you leave and then you embrace the truth as you go along hello because there are many things you have believed are attributes of your god but that is not an attribute of god hello yeah so the aim of christianity is that your god will be god amen are you with me so who is your god what can your god do let me give you an example from scripture. When, and again, we'll go deep into that. When David met Goliath, there's a God of Israel. But Saul's God was different. And David's God was different. And so when Goliath the Philistine came, rebuking and throwing aspersions at the God of Israel, 
the God of Saul ran away. But before the same Philistine, the God of David arose and said, who is this uncircumcised Philistine? Who is speaking these things against my God? And what's the difference? Because he has known his God in the wilderness. And the image of the God he is retaining is aligned to the true God. Saul could stand in front of Samuel the prophet and even give reasons why he had to sacrifice. He didn't know God. The image of God he had retained is not. Many of us, the image of God we have retained. Oh my God. Oh, they haven't met him. Or to even think that he's so judgmental that when you have sinned, you have to go somewhere and clean yourself before you come to him. It means that you don't know your God. In the Gospels, Jesus Christ tells us of the prodigal son. who was the father who went out daily with an outstretched and waiting to receive his son back. If you don't have that image of God as your father, when you sin, you run away. And many in this flock have run away because they think they have sinned beyond redemption. And they think that they will go somewhere and clean themselves before they come. No, that means you haven't met the God. It is that love that will break a Magdalene and will wet the feet of Jesus with her tears and wipe him with her hair. And break that ointment of perfume and anointing. Why? Because she has encountered that love. That same love, this woman by the Jacob's well, the Samarian woman, she encountered the love of Christ and ran into the city and told them all that the man had told them. If you haven't, you haven't met that dimension in God, you will run away. You won't run to him even when you sin. Amen? And so I'm asking again, who is your God? What can your God do? What can your God do? Is your God God all that you have read in the scriptures about him? Can you say that about the God you have retained in your head? And if you can't say that, then why do you retain that image in your head? What is the problem? Hello? Our God does not have a limitation. But by the way he designed the world, and the way he built the world, and he built man as his habitation, by that design, he limited himself. So man has become the limitation of God. Amen? Our God doesn't have a limitation. But you are limiting him. You are limiting him. Why? Because when you go back, he created beings of power. When they describe Lucifer for you in the scriptures, their power is within themselves. And so that's why sometimes when they sin, they have no mercy. Because they were not built in weakness. But he built man in weakness so that he will be the strength of man. And that when man is fully yielded to God, man is like God. So why are you limiting God? If he who created the whole universe is proud enough to domicile in you, why are you limiting? I can't so is your God God the God you have raised you have created for yourself you see the fetish priest and he has raised an idol and you think he's the only one that's worshipping a fake God you are worshipping a fake God you have raised an image in your head that is not aligned with the true God read John 17 3 for me it's a scripture that transformed my life the book of John chapter 17 verse 3 reads and this is eternal life that they may know you the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent Amen Amen. Amen. Um, before I encountered this scripture in its truth we're always looking to go to heaven that's where we are going to get eternal life. But when he unpacked the scripture for me, I realized that you can be here and have eternal life. Because eternal life is not a place. Eternal life is not a possession. 
eternal life is a knowing. Eternal life is a knowing. It's a knowing. It's a knowing of the true God. The one true God. And of Jesus Christ, the Son, whom we are sent. That is eternal life. That knowing is not just a one-day thing. Because there are many things you have come to know. You have come to know lies. You have come to know deceit. When scripture talks about God said that his words are yea and amen. It means that he's not separable from his words. The first sign of sin you should see in yourself is that whilst I'm telling you A, I'm thinking B. That's the first sign of death. You are separated. You are separated. You are separated. Your thoughts and your words don't even agree. But the thoughts of God and his words, they agree. That's why they has life. So your knowing of God brings life. What does it do? It rearranges you. That you become one. You yourself, you are one. And that's why Jesus Christ can speak of oneness. He himself is one. And he has aligned as oneness with the Father. And anyone that dwells in him that is one that abides is oneness. So you realize that as you walk longer with God, as you travel far with him, your life becomes consistent. Unless you don't know him. That is the God that we serve. It says eternal life. Eternal life. It's a knowing. We don't desire to know God again. We don't desire to know him. In fact, we desire to know the man of God than God. And the heart of God is grieved. Because you realize that in the coolness of the day, he will come and fellowship with Adam. That was his treasure, his possession. He wants to come to fellowship with you. And when you come to know him, it's only when you know him that you know you. The boy you know. The boy you know. That's the thing here. That's not the boy God knows. It is in the place of knowing God. And you know you. You know you. Because one, he is the I am. Everything that you will ever be is in him. But until you align and seek him, you never know the boy you are supposed to be. Give me Genesis 3. There's a point where God makes a declaration that for man has become flesh. <laughs> he says man has become what? Flesh. Means was something before and he became flesh. There are many possibilities to your becoming. You can become a thief. You can become a criminal. You can also become God. Hello? Are we here? He says, man has become flesh. And because he has become flesh, flesh can be sacrificed for him. So now the blood of bulls and goats can cover for him. Because you have become flesh. But when he had concealed everything in Christ, by that one blood, you have become more than flesh. And so when they slaughter their fowls and their goats and their bulls, it has no effect. Because you are not flesh. In Christ, you are not flesh. That's why in eternal life, that description he gives in 17 3, he talks about knowing him, the true God. And that knowing is also coming by Jesus Christ. And it is key. We'll get to that. So who is your God? What God have you raised in your heart? Is he God? Is he Yahweh? The God you have in your heart, is he Yahweh? That, that list I have raised, is it in God? That job you are desiring, is it in him? But you are so sure that the God you have created will give you that job. Is that your God, God? Are they aligned? Do you even know the true God? So how can you compare and contrast if you don't know the true God? So that's why we study. Even Paul writing in the book of Romans, tells us that even creation manifests of his glory. He's telling that we are left with no excuse. Oh. Say you should even observe nature and know God. So sometimes we are walking and people ask us, and tell me buy no more in the Bible, no more can I'm not better encouraging. Paul has answered it in Romans for you. That even if you observe nature and you really had the heart to know God, you know him. Because their hearts were reprobate. He is real. 
he's ever ready to manifest himself. But do you want to know him? Do you want to know him? When you read the account of the creation of man in the Garden of Eden, there were two trees. The tree of what? The knowledge of good and evil and the tree of life. When God changed his approach to creation, when he, cre- he created Sanzo, when you read that the sons of God came to dwell with them, the daughters of he had sons, so he created sons. And when we talk of Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ is the only begotten, he's not created. <laughs> he created sons, right? But then they were strong and they were given territories to possess. And their aim was to draw people back to him, God. But they corrupted their position and they desired to rule over the people. So the whole account of Babel is something like that. He's scattering them. But he preserved the people for himself. That is Israel, right? When God was creating man, he moved away from that structure of strength and power in those beings. And he chose weakness. And the two things that he took away from man made him helpless. He took a type of knowing and he took a type of life from him. That he would be that knowing and he would be that life. Amen? And that was a special possession. Amen? Are we here? Yes. And those are the two cravings of man right now. And the Anyhow, those are the two things. Wisdom and power. Wisdom into bracket knowledge and power. Those are your two limitations. Because it is by that tree of life that we have power. And it's by the tree of the knowledge of good and evil that we also discern and know things, how to do things. But he wanted to be that for Adam. He didn't want Adam to... He, he knows only good. But the enemy brought good and evil. So the enemy has forever left you with the problem of decision. Because if you did not know evil, all that you did will be good. Amen. So who is this God that you say you are serving? Who is this God you have raised in your heart? If we come and we are even singing some songs, the mind is closed because we don't believe our God can do those things. So we just move through the motions. Ah, no biti how? That's why your plan send your baby to now. He's finding another possibility outside of his God. Who is this God that you have raised in your heart? Amen? Amen. The Nicene Creed gives three critical attributes of our God. It says what? He's omnipotent. He's omnipresent. He's omniscient. We know it by root, by recitation, but we don't believe it. Ah, but you believe that you stand in darkness and commit sin. Then you don't know he's omniscient. The darkness will do what? You don't believe it. If you believe he's omniscient, you don't even think there's anything called darkness. If you believe it, that he's omniscient, you won't go to him with your list. Your posture in prayer will even change if you knew he was omniscient. You will go to receive. You don't believe it. You have heard it. They say it. And you're also saying so. Hello? Yeah. Because you have ideas. I say, oh, no problem. Then Subia sa ketwebi na pass also. What did I say? I say, Awarena ne maena. Inti. Yame buam no di Awarena. Be mane kauna mi utu bi aboe bako gel bako. Be mane kura pekro onjai me mifane ho kura. Yeah. That's your God. That's the God you have created. To in that statement alone, God is your subject. You, you are the omniscient. Yeah. Mm, God has become your subject because oh, why is a lesser God now? I don't say what Yeah, God, I'm giving you two days. Yeah. If you don't do this for me, I have my own way. I'm going, I won't worship you again. Yeah. yeah. You don't believe. You don't believe he's omniscient. You don't believe he's omniscient. You don't believe he knows everything. Sometimes because I say, Oh, now catching and say, Oh, a problem. You don't believe he knows all things. It will transform your posture in prayer. If there's time, we'll move to the model prayer in Matthew 6. You don't believe he knows all things, though. You don't believe it. No, 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 no. You don't believe it. To the extent that when you have an issue, you approach your friend first. I say what the audience was saying. When have you had an issue that your first point of call was in prayer before God? 
You'll be some question crowd typing Google because you think Google knows things. So why won't you use the eternal Google? Sandra, we stand behind and then we marvel at the gift of the prophetic. Where they move things and they align things and they see ancient things. Don't you desire that gift? That the spirit can come to you in the coolness of the day and tell you that Eddie way anyway, anyway. Now 300 years ago, don't we desire these things? Don't we desire these things? But he said he has given up of his spirit. Many times we have heard from the man of God. He has prayed on spiritual gifts. He spoke on those nine gifts. The gifts of utterance, the gifts of you know, knowledge, the discernment, the gifts of faith and power. But we don't believe it all. We don't believe it. You know, no, 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 no. It's your God, God. businessman. Ah, I'm telling you, you know your God? It's your God, God. That God you have raised in your heart is it God? When we talk about power, He says He's omnipotent. But Why don't you want to go? Oh, we there. We there. We are peaceful people, and we don't know. There are men of God. They spoke against the, the gods of some lands. And they called them. And they said, <laughs> Peace must prevail. Is your God omnipotent? Can he do all things? Is he able to do all things? That he can do all things is different from he will do. And that's one of the things that I learned from the Hebrew boys. They knew the dimension of the ability of God. But they also knew that he was sovereign to decide not to do. And those two are different things. So now we mix them. The ability to do and the will to do, they are different. And so they said that in this matter, we need no go and think about it all. We know our God is able to deliver. But even if he decides not to deliver, we are not bowing. So in that statement, they are expressing the sovereignty of God and the power of God. Amen? Do you believe your God is powerful? But do you believe that, that your God is powerful? Do you believe in the power of that God? Tonight, we are talking about the power of God. I wonder if they could try to see can hear, but never feel the power of God. The power of that God you have received powerful. Can he heal diseases? Can he confront altars? Can he deliver? So I loved it when Ebo was saying and said, He is able to deliver. You know, all the songs that you sang today were in the spirit. Songs about power, songs about God of power. Can your God deliver? Can he deliver you? And now I sorry that I be that with Say you made your funny boy to check or check. Charlie, be slow God. Charlie? Yeah. So you have constructed the God in your head. You have constructed the God in your head. That is so limited. If you saw the image of that God, eh? Bones on in Nyoninsa. He's powerless. Ah, but you have to sustain that God. Oh. Can't you see you are tired? You are struggling to justify that God you have in your head. Whatever is created by the Spirit of God is sustained by the life of God. Whatever you construct in your head will be sustained by your power. So allow that God that you have created in your head to die. Eh? And take that God, the God that we all have as your God. And it can only come by knowing. It is by experience. It's, it's by the daily things. By the very daily things. Sometimes he, he challenges you to leave something. Just try him in this simple matter. But that your God, that your God you have constructed in your head, will be fighting that word. Because you haven't come to know that God who is able to feed you outside of money. You have so constrained provision with money. Now you haven't read in the scriptures that they said that raven came to feed a man of God. There are some who are living in this earth outside of money. They don't even remember the last time they carried money, but they are never without need. He comes to us in our places of strength that you have built that is fighting the true image that he wants you to sustain. And when he comes, he wants you to let go of that. He himself blessed Abraham with Isaac. But because Isaac was an answer to prayer, 
a confirmation that he has overcome the gods of his fathers. Isaac became a god to Abraham. Isaac became a god to Abraham. But he will not share his glory with any man. And so he comes to Abraham and he tells you that that your son, Isaac. Boy, look at when you come a power of an enemy. So God can give you a work today eh? and call you tomorrow. Will you do it? Will you do it? Oh, we read about their stories and we criticize them. Hey, go away. How was so? God was talking to him like that. Hey, now you have no Yo, who dey wa haya o? You on dey here no? You on serve no far? Ketu webi na onya yo ni esi jawo de chimpen. Na fa ba ku koma nyame. E ye debate jado. Charlie Old Testament things the guys talk about. You know we run away the New Testament. You know Titans the thing of the past and hey, I saw from nobody deal. Yo, yeah. And you know what Abraham did? He was giving God the mandate to save us because he needed justification in earth to find a man who would give his all that would justify him giving his all so by abraham giving his only son isaac he told him on the mount where i told him that no i've given you a ram i'll sacrifice that but i'll also give you my son so jesus that sin that is in the bloodline that is traveling the line if god calls you out to stand for righteousness will you do it and if that will mean that you abandon the ambition that you have set for yourself to follow his dictates, his statutes. Will you do it? Will you stand in the gap? Obey. But the, these are the men of old, the men of faith that we read about and we criticize. Abraham became fruitful at 90, almost 100, so that Isaac could run fast. Will you do it? Will you do it? If you told you that in your bloodline, if you are able to stay till you are 60, the curse in the line will break. <laughs> no, no, no. These are deep things. These are deep things. Do we believe that he's all powerful? We have limited the power of God. Man is the limitation of God. When he created man, the demons rejoiced. They said, what is man that you are man full of? Because they had found a being in weakness. And who by design God has decided to manifest through. And so they know that if they lay upon man the weakness, God will never achieve his agenda. Amen? And so one of the things I want us to take away from tonight's meeting is that we'll resolve to manifest the power of God. And that is where Christ comes in. Christ lived a life of obedience. If you listen to the words of Christ whilst he was on it, everything he said, my father, my father i do what i see my father do i came to do the will of my father he had yes everything he came to do he came to manifest his father and when philip asked him oh you now show us the father oh so i've been with you all this while you have seen me and you are still seeking to see the father he was telling that he is the father in body form can we see you and see that you are god in body form now christian brother across because you questionable character Young Christian brother is afraid to let alone the worldly person. So tonight we have come to the I am. What is he to you? What is he to you? Is he your God? How much of him do you know? How much of him do you know? How much of him do you know? How much of him do you desire to know? It says, as many as receive him, to them gave he what? Power to become what? Thank you. And so tonight we exercise that power. He has given us the power to become sons of God. Do you believe that your God is a king? And here, allow me to touch on very sensitive matters. You know, there are forms of prayers, there are corporate prayers, but there are some prayers that when you are praying in your private place, the way you can't talk to your father, don't talk to God like that. We have imbibed some things by tradition and by rote, and so when we do them, we don't even consciously think about them. You even understand the protocols that your father is a king. Four creatures, twenty-four elders. Because every time he's manifesting different. Holy, holy, one, 
So we have not seen him in his fullness as a king. You know God is a judge. Is it Isaiah 33, 22? For the Lord is our judge. The Lord is our lawgiver. The Lord is our king. And he will save us. Amen. Amen. Can you say these things about the God you have raised in your head? That God you have raised, does he give you laws? And when he gives those laws, do you abide by them? The three things he's talking about here speaks of governance. We share even our democratic governance in the crowd. King part the executive. The judge part is judiciary. And then the lawgiver side is the legislature. It's speaking about governance. Is God exercising government over you? Is he exercising government over you? Do you go to him as king? Do you even... I, I give this uh, analogy a lot of times to some of my friends and I tell them that um, growing up, I lived with my auntie and her husband. And one of the things that I related to them in a way to do was to be dutiful, right? And in that sense, sometimes uh, I go to him the night before to ask about what he would wear and maybe the car he would use so that I can prepare them. And there was this day I was meditating and the Lord came to me with a rebuke. When was the last time you were going to sleep? That the burden on your heart was that, God, what do you want me to do tomorrow? But many of us will do that for human people. Like, yes, people who have helped us in the way. Have you done that for God? Have you even desired to know what is in his heart? That when you are going into the place of prayer, your aim is that you will get to know the burden on his heart and see how you can fulfill that burden. Have we ever even approached him like that? Amen? It says, for the Lord is our word. Amen? 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 It's your Lord, your lawgiver. Or you are lawless. Or we have become lawless unto ourselves. So we said the laws and God must follow. And in modern charismatism, we call that faith. <laughs> so I believe. Ha! Master, I can't open you. And I'm watching she baby. And I'll be scripture back here. My dear brother, is the Lord your lawgiver? Is he your judge? When you go in prayer, do you go to judge yourself by the conduct of today? Because many a time we don't even have a standard of judgment. But we have been so lawless that we don't even know the standards of God's judgment. For many a believer, when you say I do not sin, they mean they don't fornicate, they don't drink, those kind of things. They don't require it's it's toddler things in God's kingdom. If you don't do those things, don't boast about them. You have not started. When he woke you up at 2 a.m. to pray, did you pray? Those are the offenses of a Christian. I say if you are boasting in the things, let me boy drama Ah, Hello, are we here? Is the Lord your lawgiver? Or you have set the laws and he must obey. You have given him timelines on ultimatum. You have set limits and boundaries for the God. See your judge. Have you ever gone to him to judge your conscience? To even examine the motive behind even the service in God's house. Sometimes you may think you have a clean motive until he orchestrates for some privilege to be denied you. And then we'll hear you on Peace FM. Ah, sorry, we haven't had a prayer. My prayer 20 years. It's we do me a drawing class of one. Yeah. It's open. I say, oh, I'm in here. But he has orchestrated the season to judge your motive. The giving that you are giving, many, many of us, the giving is not, not being multiplied because he's judging motive. Ah, now some of the baby super bet. What the hundred betwa be eight thousand? Now only a kwa no cha or kwa yono difference bende wo. What the nukra the issue? Because Bible down. Yeah, yeah. So he's judging motive. He's judging motive. Have you ever prayed a prayer that God should judge you to set you through and through if your motives are true? Even in service, even in serving in the house of God, are your motives true? Will you be happy working behind the scenes and you never get any accolade? No mention, no room. 
Nothing. Will you be aggrieved? If God bypassed you to bless another just by you. If somebody walked into the church today and tomorrow he had a testimony, will you be aggrieved that you have been here 10 years, 5 years, 6 years and you have quote-unquote nothing to show for it? Are you sure you have nothing to show for it? Is the Lord your judge? How do you even see things? We are so carnal that we see things by physical elements. Do you even see the character that is being formed in you by mere obedience? Is God your judge? It is when he has become your judge that he can judge between you and the enemy. That you can go to him in prayer and say that, Lord, these people have arisen against me. They are dealing with me in a way that is not proper. Arise in judgment and vindicate yourself. Because he has, a, he has judged your mood. Is God your judge? And now they are same to you. They are also on judgment. Somebody took you before you took them. Is God your judge? And so tonight, even though we are talking about the power of God, I've just touched on some very, very surface things about our God. You can hear married couple quarreling and then an issue comes up. One wants to go scripture as if I buy one. It's your God, God. Choose this day your God. Do you even know the Yahweh? Moses didn't know him. He was working with the staff of Jethro, shepherding the sheep. And then he manifested to him as the I am. Amen. And so we read in um, Exodus 7 12. The book of Exodus, chapter 7, verse 12 says, For every man threw down his rod, and they became serpents, but Aaron's rod swallowed up their rods. Amen. Can you, can you take it again? For every man threw down his rod, and they became serpents, but Aaron's rod swallowed up their rods. Amen. 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 Um, this is a, a reference to a point in history where there was a confrontation between the God of Israel and the God of Egypt. I said the God of Israel and the God of Egypt. But because Moses and Aaron's God was the true God, they could have gone there with another God. And in fact, the other guys who were in bondage, they were there with another God. But they were crying to that God every day. Why was he not saving them? But they went there with a God. A God that was the I am. And so when Pharaoh's magicians, their staff became snake, the I am became what? A snake also to swallow them. Is your God the I am. Can he be all things at all times to you? Hello? Give us this day our daily bread. And now they are born and today forgive us our trespasses. So the outer court experience in Kwan. So all that we deserve in God's house is mercy, grace, and mercy. Empire Yabuan. Because they be a bear here. Yeah, yeah. We haven't even stepped into where you know there are three lights: the sunlight, the lamp, and then the light of God Himself. That's what the structure of the temple shows us. That when you are at the outer court, your light is sunlight. It is by that that you see. You are limited to physical element. And they move you. When you come into the inner court, the light there is a lamp, the seven-headed lamp. It symbolizes the word. So many also have come and they are limited their existence to just living by this word. But there's a light that comes by himself, his spirit, that lighted the heart of every man. And it is a few that enter into that dimension. What is your light? What is your light? After court experience, or you have come into the word. How many times do we even search the word to know ourselves? What is even written for us? Sometimes we talk about New Testament. A testament is like a will. Do we know the promises in there for us? And the conditions those promises are hinged on? And do we even keep to observe them? Is your God God? The God you have erected in your heart. Is he God? Can he be all things to you at all times? Can he be all things to you at all times? Or you don't believe, even believe that he is the I am? Amen? Today we'll pray differently. Hopefully you've come to know the God small. We are all knowing him. And we said eternal life is a knowing. It's a knowing. And it's, it's a very, very, very difficult thing for man to do. But what sin did for man was that he became selfish. And so giving up anything for man is a very difficult thing. Giving up anything, especially entering into the dimension of the unknown. 
But we call Abraham the father of faith because he ventured into the unknown. He said he followed God, not knowing where he was going. It was enough that he heard God and that he heard his go. And sometimes we have the guts to talk about Abraham. Now, when you have a question, you say, You know, you go, go. You go like, Yeah, because we have become our own sufficiency. We don't believe in the all sufficiency of God. Money has become our defense. Money is our safety. Somebody is here feeling very inadequate because he doesn't have access to fiscal money. But the God that is the I am can make you live for a whole year. People will give you money. People will provide things outside of money. If it is food, you need the food will come. If it is your children's school fees to be paid, they will come. If it is transportation, he can let somebody come and live here. That will be giving you lift to work every day and bringing you home. But we have limited him by our thinking. And so even when we go to him in prayer, we go to him as if we know more than him. We don't believe he knows best. But he has an end, but he has many means to achieve that end. If only you will submit to the will of God, to the direction of God. Is your God God? Is your God all-powerful? Is your God all-knowing? Is your God everywhere? Recently, I saw on TV, I see Reverend Wolf of Bonnie Cloud. So, I see all black party music. So, I see all black party music. My God. My God. My God. But that is him. But you, where have you entered without your God? That God you have constructed. Where have you entered with him? Are they worthy places? And he was comfortable to follow you to that place. That your God. Hey, that your God. Amen. Amen. So, tonight, I want us to reflect on what we have heard come in all sincerity of heart the lord god yahweh yahweh is a righteous god he is one who dwells in light so if there be any darkness in us it means that the god we have retained is not yahweh he says he's all powerful it means that if there's any lack any limitation in our life it means our god is not yahweh amen what god have you created for yourself what is your image of god what limitations have you placed on god the god you have created what limitations have you placed on him Amen. Um, sometime later we'll, we'll discuss the greatest revelation of our God is when he reveals himself to you as father. Read of great men of scriptures in the past, in the Old Testament. But there is one man who is different from all men and he's Jesus Christ. And John 17 3 says that, that you may what eternal life is what? That you may know Yes, the one true God and Jesus Christ is son whom he has said. Jesus Christ came to model sonship. Abraham didn't model sonship. Noah did not model sonship. Christ modeled sonship. And by him modeling sonship, scripture says that we've been given the power to become sons of God. So the greatest revelation of God in us will manifest as sons. So he said that the endless expectation of creation is what? He's waiting for you, your manifestation as a son. And one of the attributes of son is that they are like their father. Amen. And that is the greatest of your manifestation. So later, we'll talk later about the God as Father. And God as Father, you know the dimensions of fatherhood. But in the likeness and in the image of the Father. Jesus lived without limitation. In the tempest, he was sleeping. He was so assured of where he was going. In fact, at Lazarus' tomb, he prayed a prayer. And the prayer he prayed, he prayed within that prayer. And said that he's only praying for them to hear because of them. Because but for the faith of those who are gathered around, he has to pray. Amen? So we have to move to the level of God as Father, where he is the source and sustenance of our lives. But tonight, even as we have come to him as God, as King, as Judge, as Lawgiver, we have come to him as the I Am. What do you want him to be for you tonight? What do you want him to be for you tonight? Are you willing to abandon the image of God you have created in your head? Are you willing to abandon that image? 
that image that image that image of god you have in your head he's here to reveal himself as the i am what do you want him to become for you tonight the book of psalms 22 verse 1 reads my god my god why have you forsaken me why are you so far from helping me and from the words of my groaning amen amen take it again my god my god why have you forsaken me why are you so far from helping me and from the words of my groaning amen here's david is writing a messianic psalm and he's talking of how the christ will be crying this out later on on the cross and indeed he did and like i said earlier the dimension of knowing that christ had ever known of his god the god that he knew didn't have this package in there but that that his god could abandon him you know one thing the god you have created in the day of trouble he will abandon you he didn't know this dimension of god that the day that he carries upon himself sin that that god hates sin to the extent that he doesn't look upon sin and as his dear son has become sin it's only proper that he looks away so it means that even jesus's image of god he reformed it it was not in his portion to know a dimension of god as judgment he only knew that because of you and i and so if he has done that and we still want to persist in our sin that's why they say hellfire is waiting for us it was never in his portion to know god as judgment because he was always obedient and that side of god would never manifest amen it's like this TV that is here can take many channels. But until you put it on some particular frequency, it won't cut the channel. It means that in the realm of channels, it is an I am. It can become many channels to you. But it was never in the design of God for man to know that side of God. But when we took upon sin, it became necessary that he must punish sin in somebody and he chose the only son. And he had to cry out that he didn't even know that dimension in his father. What God have you created? It is a constant journey of knowing. Are you willing to lay down the God you have created in your say i'm going back to the scriptures i'm going back to study my bible again i'm going back to sit down and pray earnestly that god god today i have heard your word i want to abandon the image i have created in my mind i want to encounter you as you are even as you are there i am that there's no limitation in you so if there's limitation in my life that means that the god i have set upon my life is not real i want to know you as a limitless one as an all-powerful god so we are living here with a charge to go and know another word for know is to fellowship it's a type of knowing that transforms it's not a knowing that you keep in your head it's a knowing that has become part of you it means in that knowing of god you leave some things and embrace other things and it's not just a one-day event it's a lifelong activity because every time you reveal himself there's a day that he will reveal himself as the power that breaks every burden in your family there's another day that he will manifest as the healer to you so it's a knowing it's a knowing and i'll touch on something sensitive here sometimes we talk about maybe you are going to know god through the scriptures but i'll read from first corinthians 2 10 it says but god has revealed them to us through his spirit for the spirit searches all things yes the deep things of god for what man knows the things of a man except the spirit of the man which is in him even so no one knows the things of god except the spirit of god amen now we have received not the spirit of the world by the spirit who is from god that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by god amen so write it down first corinthians 2 10. The, the scriptures are good for us but even reading the scriptures outside of his spirit you can harm yourself because even many have fallen into error by reading these scriptures on their own scripture itself was given to us under the inspiration of god's spirit it is that spirit that can break it down for you that can reveal the spirit of the letter <laughs> And so our greatest desire even in this moment is that because we want to know God, and this scripture is telling us that no one knows.
the things of God, save the Spirit of God. We are praying tonight for a fresh infilling of the Spirit. That Spirit that Jesus said that will come and be our teacher and guide us into all truth. If we open our hearts, and me, I'm confident of this, that God is ever desirous to know you. Do you want to know him as he wants to know you? And do you know why he wants to know you? Because there's something he can achieve only through you. And it is by knowing you and you knowing him and manifesting himself through you that that agenda will be fulfilled on earth here. So your limitation is his limitation. Because he has sought a man in your family a long time ago, but nobody availed. He desires to know you. 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 Do you desire to know him? And so, Father, you sent your word and you sent me tonight with a word that you may be revealed to your children that the traditions of men have obscured you that we have set our hearts on God in our hearts and we have missed our way and we have not known and we know that you are here with us even by your spirit and so father breathe afresh on us even as your word has come father honor your word honor your name honor your word and honor your name even now let your power be made manifest in our midst give us encounters and dimensions of revelations even of you as we have heard in the word break the scales from our eyes when next we open the scriptures to read lord let it be with deeper understanding let mysteries unravel themselves unto us let us walk into a new communion and fellowship of the spirit any tradition of men that we have embraced and we have left by lord purge us tonight purge us tonight we are asking for the spirit to renew our minds to transform our minds to transform our understanding that your light may shine on us father the hearts are willing those gathered here those online father like the upper room experience father come again to us in the purity of your spirit outside of the machination of any man for how can we know you outside of your spirit pour your spirit afresh on us our God is the I am he is the I am father you said the greatest testimony is a changed heart we thank you for your power that is at work even now to touch our lives and to touch our hearts you are changing our desires for we desire now to know you and to know you well to have that eternal life that you talked about the one that was mentioned in John 17 3 that we want to know you as the one true God and of Jesus Christ your son whom you have sent we want that fellowship father fill us this morning fill us this morning any knowledge we have entered that is not of you father purge it from our system any knowledge we have entered that is not of you purge it from our system father the true knowledge of you Lord we want to encounter you daily in the sharing of word in our prayers in our songs in our giving we want to encounter a new dimension our hearts are open so fill us to overflow you know god and let your power be manifest to us take absolute control we pledge our lives once again to you that if in any way we have strayed from the path be thou our light that will guide us back home and father welcome us with a warm embrace and anoint us with your spirit that will make be witnesses and confess your name wherever we go we thank you we bless you in Jesus' mighty name. Amen.